Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Another majority for Ford Nation. The good and bad from the local campaign trail. The Bulldogs and Spitfires meet in the OHL final. We preview the Forge TFC Canadian Championship. Former Ticat Luke Tasker joins us to reminisce about 2013. And Our Lady Peace brings us a whole new experience. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Tonight... It's time for me to pass the torch, to pass the baton, to hand off the leadership of the NDP. And you know what? It makes me sad, but it makes me happy because our team is so strong right now. The Ford government's gaining another majority in Ontario, while NDP leader Andrea Horvath, who you just heard, and Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca have both decided to step down. What a night it was, and what a landslide victory it was for the PCs. Joining us now to discuss what happened on Election Day yesterday is Henry Jasek, political science professor at McMaster University. Henry, good morning. Welcome to Good Morning Hamilton. Thank you, Rick. So much to unpack here. Let's start with the winners, Doug Ford and the PCs. Uh, Ford Nation is back even stronger than before. How did they do it? Well, I, there's a number of reasons, but the, I think the most important reason is that uh, a couple of months ago, uh, Ford decided to open up the province, and uh, the ca- number of cases of COVID were going down, and he really lucked out because the uh, we have had no spike since he did that, and people qu- have, I think, fairly quickly forgotten a lot about the virus, and they're very happy that they don't come back to their normal life. So that that has been really big. Now, I afford government also deserves some credit because they uh, pushed the vaccine and especially got the seniors uh, uh, vaccinated with the fourth uh, a fourth uh, vaccine. And they, that has helped really uh, keep uh, people ha- uh, healthy, because uh, certainly the seniors, because the current uh, variant of the virus we have especially is bad for seniors. So it was both some luck, a good decision, and uh, that helped them out. I think that that is number one. After that, then uh, people could look forward to what's going, you know, what's going to happen next four years. Ford gave them a very good uh, program that at least strong program, maybe not everybody agrees with it, but it was a strong, detailed program. They liked it, and they're ready to go forward. Let's uh, shuffle over to the NDP, which lost nine seats compared to what they uh, accumulated in 2018. Longtime leader Andrea Horvath has stepped down. Uh, To me, it was an underwhelming performance by the New Democrats, at least in my opinion. How did you see it? Well, I think... uh, I, th- I think uh, I w- no. I watched uh, Andrea uh, quite a bit uh, in this campaign, and I, uh, you know, I just think uh, she she looked a bit tired through the whole campaign. I think sometimes they she wasn't giving strong speeches. Uh, there was a lack of precision in her language. I I was often thinking, you know, I, I'd almost like to be a write write some of her speeches because I thought they weren't precise enough and they weren't enough to grab people. You have, you know, it 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 was oftentimes some of the language was kind of, you know, void and 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 just ambiguous. I think the best speech she ever gave in her life was the one she gave last night, and if she's shown that much. Uh, 
you know, that much uh, intensity uh, during the campaign, I think she would have done a lot better. Last night's speech was a great speech. Uh, unfortunately, it was, was, wasn't a campaign speech. It was a resignation speech. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Henry Jasek, political science professor at McMaster University. As we run down what happened in the election yesterday, the liberals, as we know, were decimated in 2018. Four years later, uh, it sounds like the stench of the McGinty win era remains, so much so that uh, Stephen Del Duca didn't even manage to win his seat. They got just one additional seat, still don't have official party status. He's done as leader. Liberals have found themselves at a pivotal juncture in their party's history. What do they do now? Yeah, they have a, they have a serious, serious problem. They're extremely weak. They went into the election with uh, with only two people who had won the previous uh, election. I, I was really amazed when they selected him as leader. I mean, I know him, and he's a competent guy, but he couldn't win his seat last time uh, in the election, and he couldn't win it this time. I couldn't understand why they picked somebody like that. I, I think for, to, for them to really get somewhere, they're going to have to pick somebody uh, who of the of the nine Missouri of the yeah of the nine, eight people they're going to have in the legislature they've got a couple of good people uh, that they could pick from I thought the person who was acting um, leader John Fraser was a very good uh, very good leader acting leader I I think they ought to either pick him or Mitzi Hunter who did very well in Toronto uh, she's a very dynamic person I think I think both either of them would be fine uh, but they I think. Uh, you know they're in a, they're in serious serious trouble now, and I think one has to ask whether they'll ever return. You know, come back to be one of the two major parties, at least at the provincial level. So many there are a lot of liberals in Ontario, but they didn't turn out because they just are not excited by the current state of the uh, Ontario Liberal Party. Well, I got about thirty seconds. Your thoughts locally? Just one change in the election map in Hamilton East Stony Creek, going from NDP to Tory Blue. Your thoughts on what happened in Hamilton? Yeah, I thought that basically that the NDP made a mistake in removing Paul Miller as their leader so close to the election. That would, They would have won that seat otherwise. On the other hand, the Conservatives ran a, a top-flight candidate, and we have to congratulate him. Henry, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay. That is Henry Jasek, political science professor at McMaster University. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. What excites me the most... What just pumps me up are all the new faces I see out there. I am so grateful for all your support over the years. It's what keeps me going. And, and to the people of Ontario, thank you. Ford Nation, bigger and better than ever. 83 seats in yesterday's provincial election. A massive majority, the sixth biggest in Ontario provincial election history as the PCs cruise to a landslide victory. And one of those who are celebrating this morning is Flamborough Glambrook PC MPP Donna Skelly, who joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Donna, good morning. How are you? Oh, wow. I'm exhausted. I'm happy. I'm elated. Uh, I'm so happy to be talking with you this morning. 83 seats, an even stronger majority and mandate compared to 2018. Does that total say more about what you guys did as a party or the failures of the other parties? I think it's more about our, our, really, it's about our premier and our message and what Ontarians want. Rick, when we were out on the door, door knocking and we hit 36. 6,000-plus homes in the past four weeks. That's a lot of people. 
we heard nothing more than the economy is important to us. We want more money in our pocket. It's all about the price of gas. Uh, the issues that some, not you, but some people in the media may have raised, they were just not in touch with the people on the ground. And our message is resonating. Our premier, yeah, we made mistakes during COVID, but it's interesting. COVID didn't come up in the uh, campaign, not only uh, across Ontario, but also in the riding. People want to move forward. They want hope. They have hope with us. We really are a, a, a party and now a government with a second term that is going to take this province where it's never been before. And I mean, we will return to holding the the, the proud moniker of being the economic powerhouse that this country once was. And under Doug Ford, we will do that again. And we're on our way doing that. And, and people recognize that. They want to get beyond COVID. They want hope. They want they want a good job. They want more money in their pocket. These sound like talking points, but it's real. You're going back to Queen's Park for a second time. Are you hoping yeah. for a seat at Premier-elect Ford's cabinet table? You know, it's, it's a privilege, and I mean that, because regardless of, we, as you know, we were one of the last to get our results. I think we were the last. And uh, <clears throat> we were celebrating the fact that we had a majority by the time my results came in, and you don't know. And so to sit at Queen's Park is a privilege. To be at Cabinet is a privilege. Again, it sounds like a talking point, but truly it is. I'd love to, but that's up to the Premier. Your reaction to Ms. Horvath and Mr. Del Duca resigning last night? I was surprised it was so quick, but not surprised that they were going to. Uh, I'm really surprised how poorly the Liberals did. Um, mind you, at the door again, we didn't see many people saying they were going to be voting liberal. Um, the fact that Andrea is is stepping down, I mean, it's four kicks at the can. If you can't do it in four shots, you, you have to find another leader. So that really isn't surprising. Um, she was great to work with. She's a wonderful woman. She's a, a great politician, but, uh, you know, four chances to be premier. I think at one point you have to step aside and say it's time for someone else. And that's what she's done, and uh, you've done some amazing things as well, going back to uh, Queen's Park. Donna, appreciate your time. Thanks for waking up with us, and uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. It will, however, be a movement that will be led by a new leader. Earlier this evening... I informed our party president of my decision to step down from the leadership of our party, and I have asked him to meet with the executive to set a leadership contest for as soon as is reasonable. That is Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca announcing that he is stepping down from that position after failing to win his riding in Vaughan Woodbridge and seeing his Liberal Party amass just one additional seats compared to the election in 2018, uh, left with eight seats after yesterday's election. There was just one change here locally as well in Hamilton East Stony Creek going to the provincial um, leading PC party. And one of the candidates in that riding joins us now, unfortunately, on the losing end of things in yesterday's election, as Jason Farr, councillor in Ward 2 in the city of Hamilton, a defeated Liberal candidate in Hamilton East Stony Creek. Jason, good morning. Thanks for waking up with us on GMH. And um, disappointing day for you. Your reaction to yesterday's result? 
Uh, yeah, well, good morning, Rick, and good morning, Hamilton. And, you know, uh, yeah, unfortunate that I didn't uh, prevail, but I'll tell you, I feel fortunate for having experienced the, throughout this month of May uh, what was a real clean campaign, uh, unbelievable amount of uh, conversations at doorsteps, and especially Eastgate Square and a couple of Fortinos over the last week. And uh, I, I think I'm better for it, and I think the Liberal Party's better for it, too. It was... Uh, a very exciting and fulfilling experience, even though I, I landed on the wrong side of this thing. Did you have a gut feeling going into yesterday, or was it just uh, who, who knows what's going to happen? It, re- it really, truly was a who knows. I mean, even, you know, polling and, and uh, with the, 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 the candidates and, and then the scenario, of course, with a bit of a split there with the independent and Paul Miller, who I spoke to last night, and, uh, you know, Jasmine Butts and of course, uh, having that incumbent advantage, Neil Lumsden, and then myself, I, th- I think I fared pretty well, all things considered. And, and uh, so there was no one saying there's no chance. I mean, everyone felt there was a good chance. And, you know, it really came down to uh, tuning in at 9 o'clock and, and listening to, uh, you know, the results over the course of that half hour there. They came in pretty fast. And then, of course, the decision was made by Hamilton East Stony Creek residents, and I 100% respect the decision that was made, of course. You knocked on hundreds, if not thousands, of doors during the campaign. Was the Wynn-McGinty era, which we know ended in scandal and turmoil, still a factor in this election? Did you hear some of that? Yeah, close to 40,000 doors, actually. All this stuff is logged. It's not a municipal campaign. It's very organized. Very, very organized. Not to say that the municipal campaigns aren't, Rick, but it just takes it up to a different level when you get the party involved. Absolutely, that came up. Uh, You know, affordability was probably the number one thing at the doors, but, uh, you know, still feeling the the shock from uh, some of the things that... uh, Folks uh, had not forgotten just four years ago with with Kathleen. I personally uh, felt very strongly uh, supportive of uh, Kathleen Wynn. Of course, she was uh, the one who came to town and initially made that announcement that uh, Hamilton, you don't have to pay for it, but we're going to build that uh, LRT. She was very focused on higher-order transit. She was very progressive and maybe did a little too much too fast, and, and it hurt her greatly. And even four years later, if I'm being completely honest, it absolutely did come up. Not as much as I thought it might, but it came up enough that uh, I realized, uh, you know, it, it was among the top ten prevailing themes for sure. Now, now, her predecessor uh, was selfless through this, at least for Hamilton East Stony Creek. I mean, I still have to digest everything that happened in Ontario and even in our in our region and the regions around us, Rick, and you're doing a good job helping me uh, do that this morning when I'm listening to your program. But the the, the, the fella is very smart. He had a, a costed plan, made it very easy for me at the door to explain how we were going to do things and how we were going to pay for things. But he also provided me uh, and our wonderful team with a tremendous amount of resources throughout. He visited three times to the riding and helped, uh, you know, get the troops uh, motivated and, and all at crucial times, I thought. So that meant a lot to me, too. And I, I know that wherever he ends up, he'll be successful because he's a very hardworking and determined individual. And I still say the smartest leader of the bunch this time around. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Jason Farr, councillor in Ward 2 with the city of Hamilton. Uh, ended up on uh, the short end in uh, yesterday's election campaign in Hamilton East Stony Creek under the Liberal banner. We had uh, Henry Jasek on from McMaster University who said he thinks the Liberal Party is in trouble in this province. Do you agree or do you see a brighter future? 
Well, I'll tell you, it's not fun looking at the, the last two elections and not having official party status. And I certainly respect uh, all of the pundits that you've been speaking to. CHML's coverage was brilliant, as usual, through any campaign uh, this time around. It was, again, helpful to me, not just listening to this morning. But, uh, you know, uh, it, the reality is, I mean, when you look at the last two elections, of course, if you're uh, someone who's involved in politics as long as I have been, um, you realize that there's some socks to be pulled up and there's work to be done uh, Ontario-wide. That said, it's a party that's steeped in history. It's a party that is, uh, you know, always going to be progressive. And I think this time around, at least, if there was something that uh, uh, they're on the road to, and that, that's getting back to being centrist, to being in the middle. The, 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 the issue with politics right now at all levels, in my humble opinion, is it's greatly polarized and that's that's a very difficult thing i'm hearing you this morning talk about rick what others have been talking about across this province and and particularly under the theme of you know the progressive conservatives want to create their own media and not uh uh, be held to account and take part in things like local debates and that's kind of a scary thing that's kind of saying our way or the highway and that that's uh uh, not a good direction for politics to fall and so i think that uh what mr del duca was trying to do our leader uh, was uh, get back to sort of, the, I, I guess I should say the roots, but maybe it was, you know, a new kind of uh, liberal, uh, like a new liberal party that 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 focuses on, you know, the successes of the past, but also the reality is that, you know, you got you got to open, you got to widen the tent. And I think that's what probably, in my humble opinion, if I were to be a pundit, since I'm no longer a candidate, that's something that we ought to do uh, and or ought to continue to focus on for sure. I'm out of time, but I want to slip sure. in one more. we got about 20 seconds. Will you run for re-election municipally in October? And <laughs> could we potentially <laughs> see you on the provincial campaign trail in four years' time or even longer? Wow. <laughs> I'm thinking about when I'm going to cut the back on right now. <laughs> I, I have to get back to being a counselor today. I've already made some calls this morning. And with that, I want to thank all of the residents and business owners of Ward 2 for letting me take this break and getting a lot of exercise over the course of May. But for, for now, as you know, Rick, I have a few months to make that decision. I'm focused now on some more immediate issues here at home that have been neglected, including the backyard. Uh, I should have uh, a decision on that in you know, the coming weeks, I guess. But uh, the reality is I don't want to put that out there just yet. I mean, it, it was physically, mentally exhausting, but exhilarating at the same time. And I'm still trying to unpack what I went through. But I appreciate it, and I knew you were going to ask that question. Mr. Farr, appreciate your time and your humbleness and your honesty. And thanks for joining us today. And uh, good luck, uh, whatever your decision is. Cheers, Rick. And again, thanks to CHML. It really was a... Uh, Helpful uh, broadcasting throughout the month of May for me was I was uh, moving about the Hamilton East Stony Creek area. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Big night in the hammer tonight. It's game one of the Ontario Hockey League Championship between the Hamilton Bulldogs and the Windsor Spitfires at First Ontario Centre. Puck drop is at 7. Here to break it all down is play-by-play announcer for the Dogs, Reed Duffy. Reed, good morning. You must be on cloud nine going into game one tonight. Good morning, Rick. You better believe it. These are the ones that, uh, you know, 14 years into doing play-by-play, I've still got the butterflies already, and we're still, uh, you know, over 10 hours away from puck drop. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think the team has any butterflies? You know, I'm sure that they do, but you wouldn't know it by watching them. Seeing practice is 
it's amazing the way that Jay McKee and the coaching staff have these guys set to go. It, it just looks like they're ready to go right back to work. And even after winning an Eastern Conference championship, it still feels like they are just not satisfied yet. They want more. One of the most intriguing aspects of this OHL final is that the Bulldogs and the Spitfires have not played against each other since the preseason. How cool is it that we have two teams that haven't faced each other in the regular season now meeting in the final? Kind of like the the, the old feeling of the World Series when the AL and the NL wouldn't cross and you, you didn't know what you would see coming into the final. You can sort of watch what's going on in the West, but it's impossible to gauge exactly where these two teams stack up with each other until they hit the ice tonight at 7 o'clock. The Bulldogs' only Western opponent this season was the Erie Otters, so they didn't get a really good sense of how does this team match up against a, a Windsor Spitfire squad that's got a pretty deep offense and you know a pretty deep team overall. So I really like this dynamic of the unknown going into game one. I think it adds a little bit of excitement to this one uh, in, in a year that uh, the schedule was kind of all over the map. We're previewing tonight's OHL championship game one between the Hamilton Bulldogs and Windsor Spitfires at First Ontario Centre with Reed Duthie, play-by-play announcer with the Bulldogs. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Windsor head coach Mark Savard yesterday in the media news conference said that the only thing that he knows about the Bulldogs is head coach James McKee, who he called a good lad, and that Hamilton's jerseys are nice because they have the Bruins colors and he used to play with Boston back in the day. What should we know or what should Mark Savard know about the Bulldogs? Well, and I love those comments from Mark Savard. He was one of my favorites when he was suiting up in the black and gold. So I love to hear those comments. And uh, he should know that this team has four really deep lines, three deep defense pairs, and right now the best goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, I'm sure he was having a little bit of fun in the news conference and he's done uh, quite a bit of video work going in because if if you sleep on having to go up against three lines centered by Logan Morrison, Jan Mishak and Mason McTavish, you're going to find yourself on the wrong end of the scoring chart real early. Uh, So I I think Mark Savard's playing some some fun games in that press conference and he's got to know that he's in there against a team that uh, is the deepest that he'll have faced thus far. Yeah, Savard admitting that uh, the Spitfires have to be play their best hockey of the season to get past Hamilton in this final. For his part, head coach Jay McKee of the Bulldogs said they've been reviewing some video as well, looking at what the Spitfires have to offer. What should we know about Windsor? You know, Windsor it matches up like the Bulldogs in a lot of senses, Rick. When you look at, you know, up top in, in their forward lines, you've got guys like Will Cooley and Wyatt Johnston who are having tremendous playoff runs but it's not just them in behind Pasquale Zito Matt Maggio Daniel D'Amico old friend Michael Renwick on the blue line who had a great season for the Windsor Spitfires they've been able to go seamlessly from Matthias Onushka onto Xavier Medina in goal when Onushka got hurt in that last series and Medina picked right up and ran with the ball against Flint so they are not going to be an easy out. Offensively, they kind of remind me of North Bay. they got a couple of deep lines up front, but I think defensively they play a really tight system and they're a little bit more veteran than North Bay. There's going to be a little bit more savvy in that blue line, to, you know, not to just use Mark Savard's nickname, but th- there will be a little bit more on that blue line in terms of experience and strength. So I-, I think this shapes up to be an interesting series. I think so, too. OHL Championship Game 1 tonight. First Ontario Centre, Bulldogs, Spitfires. You can get your tickets at hamiltonbulldogs.com, ticketmaster.ca. Reed, appreciate the time. Good luck with the call, and best of luck to the Bulldogs. 
Thanks so much, Rick. Always a pleasure. And rally towels tonight in the building. Nice. Have fun. You betcha. That's Reed Duffy. Game one tonight at 7. Game two in Hamilton is this Sunday at 2 p.m. Games three and four Monday and Friday in Windsor. And then who knows if necessary, game five, six, and seven. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. National bragging rights are on the line tomorrow night when Forge FC hosts Toronto FC in the 2020 Canadian Championship at Tim Hortons Field. The 2020 final postponed due to the pandemic, but here we are. And joining us to talk about it is Bobby Smirniotis, the head coach of Forge FC. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. How are you doing? I'm good. This is going to be the first time ever that Forge faces TFC, the most, I would say, the most successful Canadian MLS club. Are emotions running high? Are you are you in full focus mode? What's going on through your mind? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is we're in full focus mode. You know, this is a game that provides us an opportunity to to add another trophy to our uh, to our trophy cabinet, having won two uh, North Star Shields over the past couple of years. So it's uh, an exciting uh, time coming up, and we're looking forward to an exciting environment here at Tim's, Tim Hortons Field. As you know, being in Hamilton for a while, uh, you know that Hamilton residents, really like others around Ontario and across Canada, feel like we're always in the shadow of Toronto. Does that resonate with you and or the players? Does that matter at all? Uh, to be honest, I don't think so. I think you know the uh, the exciting thing we have here is we know that there's a you know just that natural rivalry, and uh, for all of us who have uh, who have grown up in the region, we've seen it in the other football uh, in the in the Canadian Football League between the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Toronto Argonauts. You know, the same time uh, both of our organizations playing have the same owner, so there's a lot of ties uh, between that, and I think it's it's just more about that. It's that as that friendly rivalry down uh, down the road. Uh, between the two cities on uh, on a lot of aspects, and now we're able to uh, join that uh, with our beautiful game. TFC and Forge FC battling in the 2020 Canadian Championship at Tim Hortons Field tomorrow night. We're in discussion with Bobby Smirniotis, the head coach of the two-time CPL champion Forge FC. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. You're coming off a loss against Montreal in the quarterfinals of the 2022 Canadian Championship. Can you take anything from that game and use it tomorrow night? I think you take uh, things from uh, from all the games. You, you know, you always have to take the positives and the negatives and uh, and spin them into making uh, the team better. You know, that was a game where, you know, probably the first time in our history in a big game, you know, we weren't at our best. Uh, and you see that, and you, you know what, you don't have to repeat going into into this one. Um, you know, on on Saturday night, you're going to have two teams who who want to win. You know, there's there's a trophy at stake, and I think that's uh, that's the extra motivation. So when you look back at that last game, you want to make sure you're not repeating um, some of those same uh, errors that maybe we made, and make sure that our energy and our performance is uh, is better. And we've shown that here at Tim Hortons Field over the years, playing in a lot of these big matches, whether it's been, uh, you know, CPL finals, CONCACAF League matches, uh, Champions League matches against uh, massive clubs like uh, Cruz Azul, and this is uh, another one for us. And it's just a great night all all around. We look at uh, what we've been able to do as a a club over these uh, short three and a half years, and this is another uh, historic moment, being the first CPL team to compete for, uh, for a Canadian championship. And uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to add to that history. Your team beat uh, Edmonton in a wild game 4-3 on Tuesday. Uh, Toronto FC last played Saturday. They beat Chicago in the MLS uh, 3-2. Does that give Toronto a, a fitness advantage at all? They're getting a little bit more of a break? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the sport in general, every extra day you can, you can get, is, it always helps. 
you know, you look at our game on on Tuesday night, and we've gone out to Edmonton, which is a tricky match uh, because there's been a lot of buzz uh, ahead of Saturday night's match, and uh, you know, having the players uh, remain focused. We come out of there, we win, we get our three points, get on a red eye, and get back uh, into uh, into Hamilton as quick as possible. And it's a quick turnaround. But the guys in our locker room who have been here for for many years have uh, have been used to this, have been used to the games, you know, every three days, and and how we shift momentum from from one game to another game and playing a lot of these big ones. So we rely a lot on uh, on the leaders within the group, guys like Kyle Becker, Alex Akinyoti Janssen. Um, so these guys are the ones that we uh, we rely on, especially uh, with some of the new players to really have them focused and on target for this game. Got a couple more minutes with Bobby Smyrniotis, head coach, Forge FC. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Forge taking on Toronto FC in the Canadian Championship at Tim Hortons Field tomorrow night. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. We're going to see a crowd of at least 12,000 people, what we've been told. Uh, most are going to be Forge fans, of course. Some will be TFC supporters. What kind of atmosphere are you anticipating tomorrow night? I think just a beautiful football atmosphere. You know, like you said, they'll uh, we'll have a we'll have a great crowd, a great crowd in Orange. We'll have some traveling support from TFC, and I think that's great for the growth of the game. I think that's great for the fan culture and uh, what we want to show in this in this beautiful uh, in this beautiful game. You know, Tim Hortons Field has been a great place uh, for us to uh, to call home with our support. Um, they've always been behind us, pushing it, and I think uh, tomorrow night will be another special night at Tim Hortons Field. Definitely will, and especially with a victory, that uh, trophy will look nice in the trophy case, which is already filled up with a bunch of other things. Bobby, thanks for the time. Uh, congratulations on uh, winning the trophies to pass, and hopefully another is to come. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you very much, Rick. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Well, the Tiger Cats turn back the clock and are in Guelph as they close out the preseason with a tilt against the Argos who have called the University of Guelph home during their training camp. The simple mention of Guelph to any Ticats fan brings back a flood of memories from when Hamilton played their home games at Alumni Stadium back in 2013. Of course, Old Iverwind Stadium was being torn down and Tim Hortons Field was being built up. Our next guest knows all about that epic 2013 season because it just happened to be his first year in the CFL. Luke Tasker, former All-Star receiver with the Ticats, now an analyst on the Ticats Audio Network, joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Luke, how are you? Doing great, Rick. How are you? Fantastic. Looking forward to uh, this game for sure. But let's let's turn back the sands of time, if we can, and uh, talk about 2013. What do you remember most about that season? So I, I came in, uh, actually, I came in the exact same week as Speedy B, believe it or not. we uh, Our first uh, week in Hamilton, we shared together um, Boy, <laughs> I drove in up, uh, I drove in down, right down King Street, like all the way from Centennial. I drove into the city, you know, that way for some reason uh, that night, my first time into the city, it was nighttime and I drove right past the skeleton uh, at the time of Tim Hortons Field and all the construction lights on and the big, it was just a big steel frame as I drove in and I thought, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And checked into the old Jarvis headquarters where, where we were uh, lock roomed in the basement there and you know, it was such a, such a unique experience. And I, and I knew Tommy Condell and Ken Austin already, and, you know, was quickly immersed into the offense. And my, my, uh, I was, I think I was on the practice squad for one week and then was on the starting lineup for, uh, the Calgary game, uh, in Guelph or, you know, out at Guelph. And so I went up for the first time at game day. I literally had to, you know, some of the Ticats staff took Speedy B and myself, uh, to the border, you know, the night before to get our documents in order. And it's sort of a big, uh, 
you know, logistical mess. And, I, and I'm doing this at like 7 p.m. the day before my first ever, you know, professional start. And then bust up to, to Guelph that day. And, you know, for, for what it was, I mean, we were getting, we were getting dressed in trailers and, and all of that. And the locker rooms were very much so temporary uh coach coach o in uh in our podcast uh, uh earlier this week uh, joked that you know he they were in a tent you know like the coaches were in a <laughs> a tent to get ready for the game but uh it was you know what it was actually a blast i mean i it, we it, the tight cat you know environment and the fans really showed up and that was my first experience i knew nothing else of hamilton tiger cat football or or of the 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 fanship that they have in the following and so we lined up at Guelph, and it was Calgary, which I also knew nothing about. And uh, pl- I actually played pretty well. I had a great, great catch across the middle. We did lose that game, uh, uh, but my all of my family was up from Buffalo, and and likewise, that was their first experience with Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> all, all the same, so really, really, uh, and a very unique, uh, but albeit albeit incredibly fun uh, CFL game and experience that was. Luke Tasker is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, former all-star receiver with the Tiger Cats, now an analyst on the Tiger Cats audio network, and you can hear him on uh, game nights right here on 900 CHML as the Cats get set to take on Toronto in their latest preseason tussle. Um, some of the teammates on that 2013 club, you mentioned one of them in Brandon Banks. Others include Henry Burris. That was the uh, first year for Jeremiah Masoli in Hamilton, CJ Gable, Andy Fantuz, Dave Stalla, Greg Ellingson, Simone Lawrence, Mark Heath Knowlton, Jamal Johnson, Eric Harris, Courtney Steven, Mark Beswick on special teams. Luca Kanji was the kicker. Great offensive line with Marwan Hage, uh, Peter Dykowski, Brian Simmons. That was a talented team. It was awesome, man. It was a, uh... We had a really, really strong group of vets. Obviously, Hank Burris being the notable uh, uh, vet there, um, but it was a cool, it was a cool team to to join into. And I was, I was, let me see here, I was 22 years old at the time. So I mean, I was really, really young uh, on the team. I don't think I was the youngest, if I'm remembering correctly, but. I remember standing a few weeks later, standing on the field in in uh, Regina, uh, warming up for the Grey Cup, which was hard to do because that Grey Cup was frigid, frigid, icy, cold. But <laughs> warming up, thinking, man, this is unbelievable. A year ago, I was playing in, you know, I was at Cornell University in the Ivy League and not knowing anything about about the CFL or expecting to be up there. And just a really cool, you know, turn of events throughout that year that brought me there. And Guelph was included in that. And that my my first games were. Ca- against Calgary at Guelph and then went to the Rogers center in, in, in the dome in Toronto, where I scored my first touchdown, Hank Burris threw a seam route to me down the left side, uh, going towards the locker room and the locker room end. And just, it was awesome. We won that game. And then we went back to Guelph again to play Toronto back to back. And so that's, that was another, you know, new thing to me. And it's, you know, it's, the CFL has that unique situation of playing teams back to back, which isn't, isn't, done really in the NCAA or in the NFL. And it was, uh, that was exciting. I mean, I, you could, it was palpable, the, the rivalry and the, and the, and just the, just the disdain for the, that these two teams had for each other. And to go back to back from the Rogers center, then back to Guelph, uh, where I, I, I actually, in that game, I had a strange CFL type of thing. I, I caught a ball over the middle at Guelph, got, tackled from the behind and they stripped the ball out and the ball took a strange sort of awkward bounce towards the Toronto end zone and it happened to get accidentally kicked out of bounds by a Toronto Toronto player through their own end zone which results in a safety 
And so <laughs> I had made, I had this real quirky play where I made made this mistake and dropped the ball, but it, but we got two points and got the ball back. So it was really a bizarre uh, turn of events and one of those weird things that can happen. But uh, that was a, that turned into another great night at Guelph, and yeah, it was what what a fun uh, what a fun uh, uh, year that was. For the record, there was one guy who beat you in terms of being the youngest on that team. That was running back Kendall Lawrence, who beat you by a oh, couple yeah. months. But otherwise, <laughs> should be an exciting season. And it continues with Ty Cats against Argos at the University of Guelph. And uh, Luke Tasker, always great catching up with you. Enjoy the broadcast and enjoy the rest of the season as well. Will do. Thanks, Rick. I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Our Lady Peace, you're hearing it now. Launching a new tour on Monday in Victoria, B.C. It's called the Wonderful Future Theatrical Hologram Experience, and it's going to be an immersive one. And the tour arrives in Hamilton on June 19th, and we can't wait to see OLP. Rain Maida is the co-founder and singer of Our Lady Peace and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Rain, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. From what I understand, you are taking in-concert holograms to the next level. What can concert goers expect to see when they see the show? Uh, you know, it is by far, it'll be the longest OLP show um, that we've done in a long time. Uh, I think the list right now is 25, 26 songs. So by far, like one of the biggest rock concerts we've ever done. Uh, and then you include holograms and it just has given us the opportunity to have you know, all these amazing people join us that really would never be able to come out on the road with us for a full tour. So um, not to give too much away, but, you know, Ray Kurzweil, anyone that's familiar with Spiritual Machines 1 and 2, he's been a big part of these albums, um, talking and giving predictions in between songs uh, on both records. And now he'll be, you know, giving those same predictions, but going a little bit deeper on stage. We've allowed uh, Ray the ability to kind of talk a little bit more about the future and then musician wise you know um nadia from pussy riot who's on our our light, latest single stop making stupid people famous i mean pussy riot's doing festivals all summer and she's busy but now through the holograms we, we filmed her the other day here in la and so she'll be people you're not gonna i mean there's no difference she's gonna be on stage performing that song with us which is amazing because otherwise she wouldn't be able to Mike Turner, um, you know, uh, our original guitar player, we're still friends with. He's coming out on the road with us as a hologram. Um, he might show up live as well sometimes, but um, every night he'll be there on stage playing some some songs with us. So, and that's just really the tip of the iceberg, but it, it just kind of gives you an idea of, of what these things can do. From what I've read, holograms won't just be on the stage, but they're going to be in the lobby as well? Yeah, we have three of these capsules. Um, They're literally brand new. We were kind of under NDA until a few weeks ago because uh, no one's really seen these things. But yeah, you're gonna, people are going to walk into the lobby of these theaters that we've chosen to play and interact with the hologram. Like the hologram will be live in the lobby where, you know, they can tell you if you're if your uh, underwear is sticking out of your pants um, or, <laughs> or whatever, you know, I think I think people are going it, to it's it's just new. Uh we're like literally the first to do this so kind of exciting what kind of reaction are you hoping to get i you know i i think like i said we're playing so many songs i think it'll help not only break up the songs but add these different elements to to the show which is really unique and then i think some of the conversation and dialogue around the spiritual machines records with like i was saying with ray kurzweil it's really interesting and ray's it's not like i'm giving too much away but ray's whole kind of you know, thought process 
on the future is really positive and we don't really see that you know it doesn't sell really like the, the whole dystopian um even stranger things kind of like you know the future doesn't look bright and and the machines will take over once we hit singularity ray just doesn't see it that way so um i, I hope people walk away kind of inspired and 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 maybe kind of like when you see a cool film or you know you go out and have a beer with your buddies or or grab a coffee with your girlfriend and, and you and you talk about it. I hope people walk away from the show feeling like, wow, that was the best rock concert I ever saw. But those ele- other elements maybe, you know, kind of start some some cool conversation. You're also, and we only have about a minute here, you're also handing out NFTs as like a playbill. Yeah, we have a digital playbill. Um, a lot of digital collectible stuff going on. I have an app called Drops with two R's. Um, that I've been developing for the last three years with a partner of mine from um, Toronto, uh, Mitch Butler. And we've, we've, yeah, it's, this is kind of, um, you know, part of the technology of, of taking back ownership for creators. And so uh, it allows us to build a community that's portable, that, that, that's finally ours. Like we can talk directly to our fans now once they, they, and all you have to do is sign in on drops takes like 10 seconds. So within that drops app, um, we're given away and, and you have the ability to, to, to buy things and win stuff. We're doing a, 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 basically a fundraiser every night for the people in the venue. So drops app, it, it has geo. So it knows that you're there and you get to participate $10 raffle ticket. Someone's going to win a five or $600 VIP experience at the end of the night. And all the money goes to unite with Ukraine. So those are kind of some of the things that, that drops can do and you get exclusive merch and, and this cool digital playbook like you, like you mentioned, that's free to anyone that comes to the show. Wow, that is so cool. The Our Lady Peace Wonderful Future Theatrical Hologram Experience Tour kicks off Monday in Victoria, B.C. Arrives in Hamilton on June 19th. Can't wait to see it. Rain, thanks for the time. Good luck with the tour. Yeah, thanks very much. Have a great day. You too. That's Rain Maida, co-founder and singer of Our Lady Peace. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.